Savvy Investor, where we discuss money moves, investments, and opportunities for generational wealth. Our conversations will be tailored specifically for those who have served. Think, plan, execute. Let's continue to grow together. Welcome to another episode of our Savvy Investor Series, where we talk money moves. Joining me as usual from the admin team, we got Jay Will. Say what up, Jay Will. Yo, what up, y'all? What up, Jay Will? Oh, we also got uh, Key joining us. Say what up, Key. Hey, hey, everybody. What's up? All right, all right. Hey, before we bring in our special guest for this evening, I'd like to take this opportunity to kind of go over our quick disclaimer as far as our... Uh, financial advice. So we're not providing any kind of financial advice services. Uh, we are not uh, guiding you towards any particular path. We are just sharing the stories of the members that we bring on to the panel. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Jay Will so he can introduce our guests for this evening. I feel like this is also an opportunity because these comments is already floating in. So it, can, I, can, I, can I go a little bit off? And man, Key, I, I first want to flip it to you, man. Talk about StreamYard and see how we get some of these people off the Facebook news. Yes. So welcome, everyone. So as Jay Will said, we are using a platform called StreamYard. So with StreamYard, it allows us to have an interaction um, type of vibe with you all and also streaming multiple platforms at once. So we are streaming live from YouTube, our YouTube channel, and from our Facebook group. If you're on our Facebook group, you must enable StreamYard because if you do not, when we try to interact with you, all we see is Facebook user versus seeing Chief Pollard. Shout out to her. So yes, please enable StreamYard. Um, they don't want your information. They just we just want to be able to see your name. So let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Now nah, we, I mean, we want to give them their love too. You know? Absolutely. So, but. That's our sidebar. I know y'all didn't come here to listen to us talk. Y'all came here to check out our guests. And with with that being said, the one, the only retired Chief Master Sergeant Ty Simmons. Say what up. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? How you doing, Jay? I see you slipped that chief in there, but uh, it's all good. <laughs> well, I, I put retired uh, in front. Right, so we, we didn't discuss that part. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, hey, how you guys doing? What's going on, Key? Uh, Jack, 
Good to see you. Hey, Jack, I'm a little underdressed, man. You should have told me about the bow ties. My, you, did you see our little avatars? Like, I got to keep the keep the, keep it going. Our little avatars. <laughs> before we get a little going. too far ahead, like, tell me Jay Will's avatar don't look just like him, though. <laughs> it does. So let's not do that. Let's not. Let's not. Why we got to go there? I thought they didn't come to listen to us again. Right. I just want to. I didn't know if you listened to my introduction. They came to listen to Ty Simmons. Yeah. But. Todd, I do want to give you this opportunity before we get into this conversation. If you could, just please give for anybody that has not heard your name, which I don't know how that's possible, but if they have not heard your name before, uh, could you give us a little background about yourself, who you are, what are you doing now currently, et cetera? Right, no, I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the whole uh, UMU family for having me out here. We've been looking forward to this. We've been doing a lot of chatting over, over Facebook over the last couple of weeks, but you know, to everyone out there, uh, and trust me, a lot of people don't know who I am. It's a, it's a earth. It's a whole, it's a whole globe out there, right? So, uh, Todd Simmons, hey, I retired. As Jay, you want to throw my rank out there? Even so, this is a transition show. So, former rank, um, you know, retired uh, Air Force, did 25 years, seven months, 14 days, and 90 minutes in the U.S. Air Force, and then I never counted a second of it. But you know, re retired was a defender for about 20 years. In the last couple of years as a command chief retiring at Air University. Um, transition out of Air, uh, actually, man, coming up in about five days, man, is my two-year anniversary of my retirement, and it goes by super fast. And, um, you know, I live up here in the DMV area now, up in uh, the Maryland side, so, you know, kind of took a risk. I know we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship today and, and some things, and, you know, just took that risk and dove off the, the deep end of the pool with no water and, and started my own, uh, what, which started as a leadership consultant business that you know, Courageous Leadership Alliance that turned into some other things and been doing that for about 16 months now, loving life, still get to connect with airmen, folks around industry, still get to be who I am, right? So, and that's what I do now, man, and just, you know, just just live life with a purpose and a passion every day. I wake up and breathe good air, man. So I'm happy to be here. And as they said, I will tell you, I am not a financial advisor. <laughs> I'm just like anyone who have come in the military and you know, from a background originally from a small town, Hardyville, South Carolina, you know, financial literacy was not a thing I learned until probably 10 years in the military and, you know, bumped my head around in those areas and, and got around some good folks. But but I'm not a financial advisor. All I can do is tell you what my journey is, tell you what that journey was, what it is and what I hope it to be. So that's 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 the only things we can talk about. Uh, and anything you find from that, um, you know, can, can lead you on your own journey. So, yeah. So absolutely. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I tell you, I'm so excited about this because this is the conversations that that matter to me. Right. You know, I always used to have folks come in my office and say, can you look at my records to how you get promoted? I'm like, ah, yeah, we, well, let's have a real conversation first. Right. Who are you? So I'm glad you guys are putting this type of conversations on the platform and talk about how to actually take care of ourselves for generations, not just for the next paycheck. So awesome. Nice. Awesome. Awesome, Chief. So <clears throat> I'd like to take this opportunity to kind of ask you, it's hard for me not to say do the Chief thing, but I, Ty, <laughs> to go back and tell tell the viewers um, what life was like for you and what kind of led you into the financial or planning for your financial future. Uh, life was like when? When I first joined or what were we talking I, about? Take us way, way back, way back. Man, we don't have enough time to take you way back. I have to tell you to, I have to, tell you to take you way back. You got to buy the book on that one. You know, that, that, takes you, that takes you way back, right? That takes you to six years old. But I will tell you, man, um, you know, I grew up, you know, a typical kid in the South, small town, mom worked three, four jobs. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, work ethic is, is the most valuable asset you can have in life is a work ethic. And, and I learned that way early, right? So anything anything else is just a bonus as you grow 
in life. But if you don't have that foundation willing to, you know, even though I own my own business now, I always say I wake up every morning willing to take the trash out, wash the windows and, 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 and do whatever I got to do. You got to have that foundational worth ethic. So for me, grew up, uh, mom working a couple of jobs. My mom owned the beauty salon. She owned the daycare. When you talk about entrepreneurship, my mom is the person who has that foundation with me. She would go open a business that would fail in sometimes in a year, but she never, ever, ever um, was afraid. You know, you're talking about a, a lady who, because of some health issues when she was young, never graduated high school. And she would go out there and go, you know, I want my beautician license, but I'm open up. So I, I, I saw that um, growing up and, and I never knew what kind of foundation it had in me. And I joined the military again for reasons that a lot of people join, right? I, you know, that's why I don't believe in plan B's. You know, I just don't, you know, because I never had a plan B. I never had a plan A. So, you know, so when, for me at 18 years old, if it wasn't the Air Force, I couldn't tell you what the other option was going to be. So I always went full bore into anything I did and I don't waste my energy on plan B's or, or whatever else. If, if, if this is it, let's go do it. So I joined the Air Force and bumped around the Air Force like anybody else. And so we talk about financial literacy or financial, when did I you know, start thinking about, I think your question was, you know, getting into um, having, you know, finance, you know, financial literacy or, or building some generational, it was an accident. So, you know, I, went, I had my first base, had a really bad experience at my first base, got an opportunity to go to uh, Lake and East England and still, you know, didn't save a dollar. I was that typical airman. If they didn't have midnight child, man, I would have died. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, even they gave me BAS as A1C in the dorms. And I, and I just, I just, I just spent the money on what a 19 year old in England is going to spend money on as 19 year old. Right. And, um, and it wasn't until I got to Allison Air Force Base, Alaska, and I was a senior airman, man. And, uh, I was in my training building and I overheard some NCOs talking about one texter and talking about, He's getting mama's going to be happy tonight because she's getting we're getting this. I forgot what he called it, but essentially a check. It was a dividend from his investments. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sitting there on doing my you know annual training. I'm sitting there listening to him. And I went and asked questions, which is the number one thing that people need to not be afraid to do. Don't be afraid to go into rooms where no one looks like you. Don't be able to go into rooms where people are speaking on conversations that you don't understand. Don't be afraid to go into rooms where you know that you probably are the least knowledgeable person on this particular subject because you still might have something to add on the things that you're knowledgeable about, right? So I went in the room and I asked like, hey, how are you getting money? Like, what's, what's, like what are we talking about here? Like, you know, I heard money, like, what, what are we doing? So they started talking about, you know, investments and, and this guy was very, you never know how somebody's gonna respond to you, right? Somebody can say, nope, get out my face, they can close that door. But I got a, a, a simple philosophy of life. If someone gives me a crack in the door and there's a little bit of light coming in it, I'm going through it, man. All you got to do is leave it unlocked. You ain't even got to put a crack in it. Just, just leave the door unlocked. I'm coming in. Right. And I went there and asked the question. That started my journey. And he, he laid me down, started talking about mutual funds and started talking about you know things that I never heard of, you know, senior airmen. And I'm, and I'm now a senior airman at Allison, and I have a kid, and my wife is in the military. We're both senior airmen. And we both did not do our finances the way we should, so we two broke senior airmen. So there's no way that I can put this $100 that he's, he's talking to me about up into investments. So again, it goes back to that foundation. And I know we're going to get into entrepreneurship, but, and we talk about this, but if you're not willing to work, I go back to that simple thing. If you're not willing to do what it takes, right, in anything you do, you're going to have problems. 
So for me, I couldn't afford $100 at the time. So what did I do? So as a senior airman is when I got my first, second job in the Air Force. A senior airman. Mm -hmm. And my last, second job in the Air Force was a chief master surgeon. I worked worked second jobs from senior airman to, to chief. Wow. And, and, and the military took care of my family well. But, you know, if you want that thing that you think you want to achieve, you got to do the work. So I went and got a job at the skate park. I ain't never been on a skateboard in my life. And I got a job at the skate park, sitting outside, watching kids, making whatever dollars an hour. I went from the skate park. I went to the club, be the duty manager at the NCO club. And I had friends laugh at me. They would see me come in and they're like, hey, dude, you checking ID cards at the, at the NCO club? Yep. And I didn't have to. I didn't have to explain why I'm doing it, because of, of course the whispers is that Simmons got money management problems. Simmons ain't Simmons ain't money. No, but they don't understand that. You know, Simmons taking care of his family with senior airman check, skateboard check, and duty manager check is investing. Yes. Because I, I I need to do what I got to do. I got to do what I got to do because somebody told me I don't have to work when I retire. That's what he told me, which is a lie. I'm tired. I'm working. Oh, that's not true. Okay. Because <laughs> you want to go, Chief. <laughs> All right. Well, Chief, so you still listen. You no. might get Chief here and there, Chief. Okay. I'm sorry, Mr. Simmons. No, so, so, long story short, I started out of a spark, man. Somebody told me some things that interested me, which was you can have more later if you do this now. Hey, you don't have to work later if you do this now. Hey, do you want to get some extra stuff for your family? Um, here in about a year or two that you can have, you know, passive income. The first time I actually ever heard of that word, you know, that you can have these, these things come in that you, you'll in the, the last part was like, Hey man, do you want your money to work for you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, how does, how does this hundred dollars work? So I definitely say this generation, we're so like minded of like that entrepreneurship. We have that. We want that multiple streams of income. If you don't have another job outside of the air force, I think we're looking at each other like, well, what are you doing with your time? So I think the mindset definitely has shifted. But what is the thing? What what would you say to someone who they're trying to find that perfect time to, you know, invest in their financial future, but they're afraid? They're like, man, I hear all of this stuff. I hear these buzzwords, but I'm afraid to take that first step. What advice would you give them? Real talk. I'll tell them, are you afraid? Just think about this. How many 60, 70 year olds? My mom is 77 years old. You know what my mom's going to do at five o'clock in the morning? What's that? You know what she's going to do at five o'clock in the morning? She's going to get up and go to work. I was going to say stories ain't on there. So, <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> I tell you, and, and you know, I love my, and I, I tell you, if, so it's, it's on me not to repeat that. Mm. It's on me. My mom worked too hard for me to repeat that. So if you're afraid of investing in yourself or you're afraid of investing in your future, you should be afraid of being 77 years old and getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Because there are people who have laid down for all of us to be here. If we're talking from a military community, a military community are an equalizer, right? I don't care if your family uh, had a million dollars when you went to BMT or your family had one penny. You all had education opportunity. You have, if you have a work, you can do these things, right? You can put yourself in another position. You, you can position yourself. So I look at my mom. I talk to her. When I talk to her, I look at my mom's going to be seventy. You know, she's in her seventies, and she's going to get up in the morning. And, and it's not partially because she loves getting up at five o'clock. It's partially because she has to. Yes. 
And and I, and so if you're afraid, if you're thinking about the fear of losing money at 23 years old, man, you know that you know that, you, that should be your least amount of fear. You know, because I will tell you, I look at the decision I made as a senior airman. I look at that senior airman decision I made to invest in my future. And then I look, you know, when I was about to retire, just one thing, TSP. I looked at my TSP. I went, if I just blew the TSP off for the last 20, probably 20 years or whatever, I think I was, you know, five and a half, maybe five and a half, six years when I, when I uh, started investing. And I'm like, if I just blew that off, that money would have been gone. It would have been in a car. It would have been in a trip. The money just would not have been there, would not have been in my savings account. Just a little bit of discipline in the TSP have allowed me to 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 have a lot of freedom when I'm 57 years old, because I can take that. I mean, when I'm 57 years old, just that one decision at Allison Air Force Base to walk into finance and say, take this percentage out of my check and leave it alone from senior airman to chief master sergeant and just let it go was one of the best financial decisions I ever made. And I didn't miss the money. I didn't miss an extra Burger King meal, an extra Popeye's meal, an extra, you know, an extra something I didn't need every week is all I went without. That's it. That's all I went without. Especially in this day and age, Chief, like, information is free and it's out there. There's We have a lot of access that maybe when you were a senior airman that you probably didn't have access to. So you're no. absolutely right. Yeah. And it just takes somebody, like he said, that sparked that interest because um, because that's the that's the problem though, with the access to information is trying to consolidate it at all sometimes. And I think that's that's sometimes what people struggle with is where, where do I start? Where do I get? But uh, it's just crazy. Some of the nuggets that you that that, that you're saying. And um, um, but to not go on my spiel, because I, I had an analogy that I was like, I was just having the same conversation to somebody else trying to get them to shift mindsets. And, uh, but besides that, I don't want these questions to sound repetitive, but I also didn't want to blaze on one of the important things that you started off with, which was that first conversation or when you initiated that conversation. Um, so when you first had those first conversations where you opened up that door, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about those conversations? Like, how did they go? What, you know, what brought you into the investment side? What, like, and then could you bring me around a little bit more about the conversation? After that, were there any bad conversations? Were there any like, hey, I asked for information and then somebody was like, oh, no, I'm not telling you that. You know, this is close hold. Um, just tell us a little bit more about them experiences with those initial conversations that you was having. I will tell you, man, look, you know, um, I, you know, I appreciate that question. So I will tell you how I live. It isn't re regardless if I was 20 or I'm 45, how I live. I don't, I don't focus on the nose, right? Um, I, I, I honestly don't. I don't focus on the nose or the people behind the nose, mm. right? Some, some people ask me like, hey, man, you know, like, you know, you see all this stuff on Facebook and stuff. And be like, oh, my friends and my family don't support you or entrepreneurship and people, your friends and family are not going to support you. So what? You, you, you know, I, I don't ask my friends to support me, honestly, you know, because that's not what friendship's about. I don't need you to support me. I want you to support me. I don't need you to support me. I want the people to support me who believe in because what you know, like not everybody likes, you know, Taco Bell. So not everybody's going to support Taco Bell. That don't mean that they don't like the people who work at Taco Bell. Not everybody's going to like Todd Simmons and what Todd Simmons has to offer in and out of uniform. So I don't expect you to to support me because you know me 
or or you or or we're friends. We can we are friends on another level. I might be friends with you because we like cigars and scotch. You might not care nothing about leadership development, nothing about coaching, nothing about what I do for a living. So I shouldn't fault you for not wanting to support something that you don't like. Ouch. In my backyard. No, you're, you're supporting me when we at the cigar bar. Appreciate you. We're, you're supporting me when we go play golf. Appreciate you. You're supporting the fellowship that makes me feel like I have you know, a friend. Appreciate it. You're not supporting this because you don't eat this. And I don't expect you to support this because you don't eat this. I'm selling cheeseburgers and you and you a vegetarian. So it's okay. You know, so let's just put it out there. So the, those, so I, I want to start with that because we have unfair expectations on people for no reason. So I, I, I tell people all the time, don't expect me to support you because you think we cool. You know, I used to, I'm just gonna be real. I used to be the chief that come around and everybody used to have their hat out all the time. Like chief, we need $10. I'm like, first of all, you got to $10 me out of, out of check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're the 17th person that had ten dollars this week. I mean, I still got kids, so let's start talking about what this, what this ten dollars is for. Like, let's have a conversation. You know, like maybe you know, I maybe I, just because I'm the chief, don't mean I want to support that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just real talk. So back yeah. to what Jimmy Will was saying. You know, some of those conversations were 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 disappointing. I'm not going to say your feelings don't get hurt. Yeah. I went, you know, I was thirsty, right? As a as a young airman, like, hey, I want to know this, I want to know that. Some people look at you side-eyed. As a 45-year-old man, I go ask questions, I email people who I may never get an email back from. And these are people you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not always strangers. So um, I learned real early, way before the military, to not have disappointment in people. I just that's just how I was, you know, was brought up. I learned a long time ago that people are people. And you're always going to run into the right one. You just got to keep running. So, but you keep slowing down, trying to figure out the wrong people and try to figure out why they're not running with you. Then you're going to miss out on the right person. All you got to do is tell me is we ain't running together. And then I'm, I'm good, man. Let's just keep, I'm keep it going. Then I see you, you know, you good. So, so that, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't waste my time with that. So, but what but I will tell you what that does is that opens you up to being a person who really sees the world for what it is. Right. So if I'm only going, so I did, I'm from a I'm from a small town. I went to a high school that 99.9% of the people in my high school look exactly like me. So I grew up in an environment where I went to the safety, right? I went to what, what I considered safe. And I honestly was limiting myself because I was limiting conversations that I should be having with a global economy. You know, I'm, I just be real. It's a global economy. So I don't, you know, not, you know, we, we all don't, we all have green money. All our money is green. So I want to talk to everyone to see what everyone is doing in this global economy, not just the people that are in the economy where I came from. So I didn't really limit the conversations because if someone tells me, yes, they want to help me out. If somebody wants to give me information, I go with you. If you don't, then let's keep it moving. So, but what is the disappointments? Absolutely. Um, did I find people that um, that I thought that would never help me be the first person to help me? Absolutely. And did I go to people who I expected to be like, with a, this kid with a snicker in their hand, like, oh, I know we gonna we about to ride 
Because I know we about to go and then you get the door shut in your face. Absolutely. But you cannot waste the energy, man, or the time or anything on the fact that somebody told you no. Actually, no's make me stronger. And, yes. and, I was, and we can get really in this psychological area where we're not told no for a majority of our time in uniform. And then we get out here in the real world. The real world mm -hmm. tells you no in a second. Right. And it's not that they don't care. It's just that no means no out here. It's like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And the best you should look for when you know is that when they look at your resume is thank you for your service. <laughs> they don't owe you anything. Huh? They don't owe you anything. They don't owe you anything. And, yeah, and, you know. So that's the kind of mindset that you have to develop. And it's not a transitional mindset. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. And is is I really, I really the most the biggest advice I give people is don't transition from the military because you're 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 retiring or it's time for you to go. Your mindset of transition should be the day you get out of BMT because it's going to be over one day. You should have a you should have a journey of self-discovery your whole military career. Mm. Because 20 years of no self-discovery means that you're going to get out at 20 years and have no idea who the hell is staring in the mirror. Be lost, you know. And, and so, so self-discovery is 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 a method of you have a safety net to see what you want to be and who you want to be. I was a defender for 12 for 20 years. I do absolutely nothing in law enforcement now. Doesn't mean that I don't respect law enforcement. Don't do that. That's just not my interest right now. Right. So the things that I interest, I'm interested in, I discovered as an E6 in the Air Force, and that's my journey. Yeah, I was a defender with a beret, but I also at night taught college as a tech surgeon. Because, yes. because that was my journey. My journey was I want to educate and develop. So I'm running toward this journey. And I'm still going to wake up every morning and be the best offender that you ever met. But as soon as that uniform come off, it's 1800 and I got to go over here and teach this class for two and a half hours. I'm going to be the best college professor that you ever seen. And I'm going to run these parallel paths till I'm out. And then when I'm out, now this thing that I was passionate about in uniform, it just goes away. And I still got I still got something that I can hold on to. When you don't have that other thing to hold on to, you get out and you're still trying to hold on to this. Yeah. And this doesn't exist anymore. And that's yeah. the reason why we started Don't Call Me Chief. Love my career, love what I did, but that doesn't exist anymore. Right. I, I ran 15, seven, I ran 17 years into something that I, I taught college for 17 years on active duty. And that's my passion. Education is my passion. Development is my passion. So when the command chief went away, all it does, all it did is just like, man, it just brightened up all those other things that I wanted, I couldn't do because I was 50, you know, I had this other thing fighting this other thing. So now I can fully engage into this thing that has always been there. Yes. So, long time in the season. I love it. And then you got all that black. I, well, I'm not going to take notes on this one. I'm absorbing all this stuff in myself. Oh, no, but I, I got I got a question for you, Todd. So I, I see your brand back there, and I see it's on your shirt. So let, let's talk about branding for a moment. So what does that mean? What does branding mean, and how do you incorporate that in today's world? Man, I tell you, man, I wish 20 years ago I had the opportunity that y'all have today, right? And and I did, you know. So in the military, I understood, you know, when I got to 
Edwards as the command chief, I understood the power of social media, right? So putting stuff on social media really wasn't doing anything great, you know, but like I was just, I was doing it myself. So I'm out here, you know, I'm just you know, doing what I can do. Right. And, um, you know, got the AU and really, really, we really, you know, kind of kicked that into high gear. Right. So, right. You know, it's not about taking pictures. You know, I wasn't trying to take pictures. I was trying to, what is my message? That was how I utilize social media. Like if you saw me on social media, it was me walking out of the hospital FaceTime live telling you I just lied on my PHA for the last time, right? So I'm being real. Like, hey, for 25 years, I lied on my PHA telling them I was okay. I just literally told them I wasn't okay, and this is what just happened. I went to the B-Hop for the first time, and man, was it a good experience. I wanted to brand myself as who I already was, but maybe Jay, maybe Jack, maybe Key didn't know who I was. So why would I? I, I want you to know that this is who I am. Not a chief math sergeant. I'm Todd Simmons, who happened to be a chief math sergeant. And this is how I feel. And and I think though I think is there's a great way to use social media and there's a horrible way to use social media. But but brand so so branding to me is not only social media. It's like it's basically how you make people feel, even when you're not in the same room. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. think think about this. What makes Chick, you know, I always talk about Chick-fil-A. What makes Chick-fil-A such a special place to go eat, right? It's not the chicken. It's how, it's how people feel, right? Their brand is customer service. It's not chicken and fries. Their entire brand is how they how you perceive them to, to, to treat you. So all of our brands should be an extension of how we want people to feel about us when our name is mentioned, when we're in the room, when our picture flashes up somewhere we're not. How do you want people to feel about you? That's just at the end of the day. And so if you want people to feel enthusiastic about you, then you shouldn't be a, a horribly negative person. You know, if you if you want people to think that you have something that they want to learn from you, then you should be a person who is a lifelong learner. Mm. You, you know, so you, you your brand has to represent what you want from people. You know, if, if you want people to hate you, then be a pe- be someone who treats people horrible. And that's your brand. I mean, so I mean, whatever. So what does that mean? That's super important these days, right? And not from a business standpoint of from that's that's taken from a business standpoint. There's no new information in leadership. There's just new people delivering it. Just the truth. There's, there's, there's no new. I mean, I got a lot of books behind me, right? If I can read Simon Sinek, I can read all the way down. What they all saying the same thing, they're just new interpretations of it. We get emotional about not the information. We get emotional about how the people deliver the information. Yes. What what connection they have to us? I don't know if how many of y'all follow Eric Thomas or ET. I do. I do. Hey, look, I've been following ET for since the first video he put out. ET videos do not change. <laughs> They're consistently the same. Yes. And, you know, I got, you know, I see Tabby, Brandon, Brandon are not the same, right? I'm not a branding expert, right? You're right. Um, <laughs> she's saying brand is how people feel about you and brand is what people see about you. Great point. Yes. But but I, I tell you, consistency is it, right? And, and, and I will tell you the most dangerous thing about a brand, about building your brand, is to be fake. Mm-hmm. And, and because someone's going to find out, you know, it's like, you, you can't advertise hot fries at all your restaurants. This is a McDonald's problem, right? 
McDonald's, we all like McDonald's fries, but we know we got 60% chance of getting cold fries at a McDonald's somewhere. And no ice cream. No ice cream. No ice cream. So so if you're not consistent, if you're not consistent, then you're going to have problems, right? You're going to have people look at you shaky. But if you're consistent, Mm -hmm. I know that there's a 99% chance that if I go to Long Beach, California, or Miami, Florida, I'm going to get Chick-fil-A service the same. Yes. Consistency makes me feel a certain. That's true. Yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's very true. true. That's, that's, that's a long answer on brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question. So, how does one start branding themselves outside of the organization that they represent? You mean in the military? So, yes. Who are you? I don't even know your last name, Key, and that's okay. So, who is Key? Right. You guys are already did that. Right. Look at the three of you. Matter of fact, I just realized I don't think I know any of y'all last name. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being real. (laughs) We try to keep it. We try to keep the spam down. (laughs) I didn't get that memo. So my my real name is out there. I didn't get that memo. No, I've seen y'all in emails and I've seen y'all, but I don't think I paid attention to y'all last name. And which is a good thing for somebody who's been in the military, right? Because we want to go straight to what's the last name so I can go directly to associating your rank with your last name. I don't even know your last names. And you're talking about how we can brand. You already did it. You've been doing this for three years. It's a recognized brand. You have a sweatshirt on, Jay. I mean, you are a recognized brand already. Um, people are coming to this platform. People are responding. You guys got a great following. Yes, it's predominantly a military following, but you have branded yourself beyond the military. And, and be yourself. I, I see yourself talking about be yourself and stand by your truth. Yeah. And some of us, which have branded while we were in the military. Absolutely. I had someone tell me the other day, like, hey, it makes so much sense now. Your last two years in the Air Force, what you were doing to say, I didn't realize I was going to retire at the point. But yeah, was I purposely being considerate about who I wanted Todd Simmons to rep- represent versus the chief? Absolutely. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you. Did I did I do things that really probably kind of looked like I probably wasn't in uniform when I was doing it? Like, man, he don't even, you know, he's talking not really Air Forcey right now. He'd be, you know, yes. And it wasn't about, um, but that's always who I was in the military. Now I just want to cement that as this, this is this is it. This is you didn't you get nothing else. This is this is it. Um, but you are already doing it. And you guys got so much access to social media now. Who says, and this is another thing. So how many of you got a LinkedIn account? I do. Do you have a military picture on your LinkedIn account? Or do you have civilian picture? So what I, I'm glad you brought that up. It seems like the OGs all have their <laughs> personal pictures up, but all of us young ones still have our military <laughs> one up there. There's, there's, no, there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. First and foremost, there's no wrong answer. Right. But I always sure. ask that question is... Do you have your military picture up? Do you have a civilian picture up? So what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to achieve by having a LinkedIn? Who are you trying to connect with by having a LinkedIn? Who are you trying to build a relationship with on LinkedIn? I mean, people people are going to know you're in the military if they read your link, which they do. Yes. Um, what do you want me to see when I first see you the first 10 seconds? And that's just that's just 
no wrong answer, right? That's just me, right? Like, what do, what do I want to see from you? Who am I connecting with? Am I connecting with you or am I connecting with a military member? Are you connecting with me in an industry that you want to know more about because you're just a person that want to know more about this industry? Or, you know, who, who are you representing at this point? And it's no wrong answer. I just I just give it for food for thought, right? Because I don't think it's I don't think if you have a military picture up, it's gonna be negative to you. I don't think right. if you have a civilian part. I just I'm very cognizant of what I represent, right? Very I love my military career, it was great, but I'm very cognizant in this chapter of my life how I represent myself out there because I don't want people to just see me as a retired chief master surgeon. That's a that's a great point, Chief. I think for my perspective, um, I I think there's a season, there's a time and a season for different things, right? So depending on what I'm what uh, audience I'm trying to reach or what part of my life depend, uh, it, that's why based off what picture or what version of myself I present. Because like you did mention, I do have a military picture on my LinkedIn, but I want to connect to more military people because that's my lane right now. Mm -hmm. But if you look at my business card, my business card obviously couldn't have a military picture, but I represent something else there. And on military, my name is Blackjack. That's not my real name, but my screen name, because I, I want to maintain that, hey, I want you to come for our content, not because of me, but because of what the content we provide. So I want to keep that distinguishable boundary between my military and my, my personal. So great point, Chief. And it's no, so when I tell people is that it's no wrong answer. These are just conversations we should have to challenge each other, mm -hmm. right? Because if I'm just, if I'm just telling you one thing um, or just telling you everything is okay, you're never going to think, you know, you know, you, you're not going to even think transition. You're thinking, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm here till I'm not. And then I'll focus on transition and tax, which is completely, yeah. Too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you and saying mm -hmm. that it's also saying be intentional with your actions. So I think some people may have a military picture up just because they've seen somebody else have a military picture up. So, but when you ask the question, I mean, that's a great question to ask even yourself is to be like, why? Why do you do it? Is it your intention, like Black was saying, to connect with more military as you're doing it, or are you just doing it just because you've seen somebody else do it? So if you know your why, then I think it's you know, going back to that, be intentional with your actions. So, uh, but I do want to get to uh, like on the last question of Brandon, because we don't talk about this one. So monetizing it, give me some of those difficulties, um, even your initial thoughts, your initial, uh, you know, feelings behind it, maybe some resistors or whatever. But when you, when you talk about monetizing your brand or monetizing what you've been doing for so long, quote unquote, for free. Well, what have I been doing for free? Well, that's me. <laughs> you know, I, I understand right. what you're saying. Like I, I will tell yeah, you, yeah. I will tell you. For me, that's why I put the quotation. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I was. You know, we were all leaders in the military, but you know, and it is not about being careful what I say because I, I don't believe in that. It's what you know. It's either what I say is what I say. I'm not here to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings, right? So for me, as Todd Simmons, this is a completely Todd Simmons thing. Doesn't represent. Uh, active chiefs, you know, retired chiefs. I had to be careful um, not to, you know, I'm in a space where I do work with the military and I work with civilians. I work with a lot of people, right? I have to be careful if I'm monetizing what I bring, it can't be chiefing you, right? So, and, and, and let me explain that is that 
a lot of people don't know that I taught college for 17 years, right? I don't go around typing that on every social media. A lot of people don't know that I have a background in curriculum development. A lot of people don't know that I have a background in doing these things. So for me, you know, when I decided to do this as a profession, I wanted to do it as a professional, right? And I wanted to leave any conversation that resembles me being a chief standing in front of you if I'm at a military audience, right? Do I bring in some experiences from being in the military? Absolutely. Um, but I needed to be, you know, I needed to be a person who who brought credibility in the space that I and I needed to bring the credibility, the credible space. So, and I'm gonna tell you, it's entirely difficult to make that switch, especially in a space where you are predominantly looked at as leadership, and you say now you want to monetize leadership. Now, I'll give you a couple of simpler ones, right? That was just a hard one. You all have skills that you can monetize, and let, let me let me let me just be uh, give you a couple of examples. You know, I looked at um, I looked at my last job in the Air Force, AU Command Chief, and I'm in charge of education for the Air Force, right? SEL for Education in the Air Force, right? So. I've been a college professor for 17 years. I love education. I've developed myself. How do, and this is a great, this is my, my one number one question because I was, I was, how do I monetize that? Right? I already monetized it because I teach college online. So I monetize it that way. So how can I really still perform a service in this sector and not do it for free like Jay Will said? So I went and called universities and asked hey you know basically what my skill is i was you know i i have the pulse of education for the air force i was involved in education for the air force last three years how can i now and i researched it i researched schools with military outreach okay military outreach departments that focus on the military yes you know i researched those schools and then i got in touch with those schools and of course you know that crack in the door, what are you going to do? Are you prepared when that crack in the door happens, right? Can you communicate your skills? Can you now bring your value to the table of what value proposition you are talking to them? My value is, I just came out of education for the Air Force. You guys are struggling because you do your research with recruiting Air Force students. I could advise you because I know the Air Force education system. That's a skill I have. That's a consulting skill that I have. Right. So did some people hire me? Absolutely. They did. Because that's a skill. Right. One way. Can you know in the consulting world is big. Right. So what you have to find out is what skill, number one, do you have and how do you separate yourself with that skill? Just because you were your AFSC and you were a senior NCO, you have a skill, but other people might have that same skill, too. How how did you make yourself more marketable? And I'm not saying go out there and play this check mark game and that that's not that's not going to work out here, right? How are you making yourself more marketable by being able to understand how to navigate that world? Because it's not about the check marks, it's about the 15 seconds you get in the initial conversation. How are you going to communicate your skills? Now, I don't I don't ever tell anybody out here that I was an air university command chief because they will under, they will not understand what that is. They, I mean, I've learned that. They don't know what that is, right? I'm the Air University Command Chief. That's not an industry. That's not going to mean anything. 
But when I communicate that I was the senior enlisted, what I was is in, you know, in charge, a senior enlisted leader in charge of education for 600,000 people, the largest community college in the, uh, in the world, when you start understanding how you can communicate your worth, because something that we have to be careful about, and I know this is a question coming up, so I'll go ahead and address it now because it kind of ties in. You know, people always ask me, why did I choose entrepreneurship? And I will tell you, and, and we talk about communication and monetizing your skill. What is your skill? Because I don't think we do a great job of defining that if we don't pay attention. Let me tell you an exercise that I did that really, really is why I'm an entrepreneur. I looked at 27 EPRs, 27 EPRs. That's almost every EPR I've had on active duty, right? I looked at them. When I retired, they gave me my product file and I looked at every EPR. And you know the question I asked myself? Am I really that good? Because for 20, because 27 EPR is all, you know, we use some really good words. I saved millions of dollars as an NCO. I, I mean, if you really looked at my EPRs, you would, and it's a different perspective once you out and you look back at your EPRs, you go, man, I sound like I can walk out and become a Fortune 500 CEO. Because that's literally what it's saying is that. If I've saved millions of dollars in the Air Force, why can't I go save millions of dollars in corporate America? So for me, it was a little bit of anxiety, right? So I'm like, am I really that good? And if I'm really that good, then I should go out here and be tearing it up. Right. Right? But that's a question that when someone asks me, why did I choose entrepreneurship? Because I wanted to see if I really was that good. Because I honestly didn't believe it. And I still don't believe some of that, right? Because you have to be real realist, right? We're in a system. There's a system that no matter if you're in the military or you're at Amazon or whatever, there's a system of promotion and everything's inflated. I've been out here for two years. Everything has its inflation points. But what you have to realize is the reality of who you are and not just continue to read your own press clips and believe it. Because if you continue to read your own press clips, you're going you're gonna to be reading propaganda at some point. And then you're going to later. Yeah, you're going to be yeah, you're going to get out the military and go, "Well, they told me. They told me. They told me, well, you know what? At some point you should have started telling yourself, like, do I have the skills or don't I have the skills and where are the gaps do I need to fill?" Because the minute you stop telling yourself that and the minute you stop becoming a lifelong learner, the minute you stop thinking that you don't have anything else to learn is the minute that you should be deathly afraid. I have a follow-up question for you. Um, so when you, your branding or you taking a different venture, did you, were you in different groups until you kind of figured out what it was that you like to do or could you do it in different groups? And so I say that because I'm an admin on several groups, but I have my own personal page. And so I believe with the whole professional development is all chicken. It's just different flavors in different groups. And so I'm pulling on different parts of my creativeness in these different groups. I'm just in a, in a focal point for UMU because of the way our page is. But I've, I've had mixed reviews on I should be in so one she group. Don't believe us. She don't believe us. Or, no. no, it's not that. And so maybe it's the creative side of me. Creators get bored easy. So for me, it's a I want to do 
and I don't know what I want to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've been just trying different things and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm good at this. So what is your take on that? Did you ever experience that too? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still experiencing it, right? And you know, you know, you're talking about just being just like, you know, exploring, spreading your wings, being with different people, man, being, you know, that's a good thing, right? You never know. Like I said, you don't know the conversations in rooms if you don't go in them. Right. Right. And it's not a disloyal thing. You and you may be your home. Right. But you you can learn so many things because you're not probably at a point because I know I'm not at a point now where I believe like, oh, this is absolutely who I am and what I want and how I go forward. That's why it's a lifelong of learning. Right. So I think the important question is to recognize when you shouldn't be in that room anymore. It's not about going to multiple rooms and being in multiple conversations and being in multiple environments. You have to understand when that's no longer for you. Right. When it's against the things that you, uh, if, if, if it's against your, and so, you know, and a lot of us struggle with that, right? Because we don't quit in the military. There's no such thing as, you know what, I'm going to work tomorrow and this just ain't for me. That just doesn't happen. So there's a mindset of sticking it out. Yes. Sticking it out, right? Because how many flights, squadrons, organizations, divisions you've been in and you're like, somebody deliver me from this. You know, I, you know, mm -hmm. or you start counting down your deros, right? Yes. And then that becomes a part of your psyche. That becomes a part of how you deal with situations. And that's why it's hard for us to transition into our first job and to leave our first job, which is most retirees will have five jobs in about six years because yeah. you're, you know, and quitting, my first job was 90 days. <laughs> I actually worked for somebody when I got, it was 90 days. And it wasn't, and, and we're still friends today. It was for a company, but I knew after 90 days, but I knew after 90 minutes that I couldn't work there. <laughs> but but, but the, the part of me that was like, we don't quit things, you know, like you just stick it out, you, you, right. you go. And then I, it took me a couple of months to realize like, you just gotta, you can't work here. Like you, you, this is not for you. This is not, you want to do your own thing. This is not for you. So I had to tell myself the story that I needed to believe at that moment. Right. So right. I will tell you, it's not about how many rooms you're in. It's the rooms you're in that you know, you're not supposed to be in. Well, that nice. is an awesome point. We sometimes <laughs> stay sometimes way past our expiration date in certain areas. <laughs> we probably shouldn't, shouldn't be in. All right. So since we're on the topic of transitioning, um, I wanted to ask you a question as far as for military, to entrepreneur, what does that really look like? Uh, is it for everyone? What are some steps that you can probably point out to folks that what did your transition look like? Uh, is it for everyone? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, um, I would tell people, most people, I would tell people, you know, most people. So let me let me just back up a little bit because you know I get a, you know and, and this is again you know I, entrepreneurship is more than an LLC and a logo. Let me just start with that. Yes. Before the best advice I can give anybody right now, before you ever get you a shiny new logo and before you ever go spend your five hundred bucks on an LLC, you have to understand first and foremost: Do you have the courage? Are you prepared? And are you willing to take the risks? None of none of none of that should should no logo or no LLC should ever come before 
that long, long conversation with yourself. One more time. What was that? What what, what, what was those three? (laughs) You got to have the courage, the preparedness, and the risk tolerance. Because if you if you don't have that, and that when anyone ever asks me and call me about a question about starting a business, the first three questions you're gonna get. Because I don't even I can't I'm not gonna refer you to any anybody who does LOCs. I'm not gonna refer you to anybody who does social media. I'm not gonna refer you to anybody who does logos. Because you have to understand that. Because the thing is, it takes courage to go. For most of us retiring, and I and I'm dare to say all of us. I'm, I have faith in people, right? I know I know all of y'all in the military. When we retire, there's not there's not a hard road to go replace the. If you retire 20 years or more, it's not a hard road to replace that 50 percent of income that you're about to lose. It's not a hard road, right? In this day's economy and job market, and the intelligence level and the education of our enlisted force. It's not hard. Most of you will get out and you can go get a job and you can probably make more money when you combine everything together than what you made in uniform. That's just a fact. Most of you can achieve that. It takes courage to say that I'm not going to take that road. No safety net. It takes courage to say that zero income will come into my house unless I create the opportunity execute the opportunity and be able to repeat the opportunity. If you can't do that, then because one good payday is one good payday. Mm -hmm. We're used to having how many of those paydays? Two a month. Right. And in entrepreneurship, it don't work like that. So if you don't have the courage, right, to say that, I'm taking that, right? And which goes into, and then it preparedness. When did you prepare to do this? If you prepared to do this yesterday, go get a job. And then work it out as you go. Right. You got to be prepared, right? So Senior Airman Simmons made decisions along with Senior Airman Simmons, later Staff Sergeant Simmons, later Lieutenant Simmons, who was my wife. We made decisions a long time ago to take risks 20 years later. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm out here taking this enormous financial risk by being an entrepreneur. I'm I'm not even going to lie and tell you that because I need to tell you the truth. It wasn't a huge financial risk for me to say, I don't, I'm not going to bring income into my house. I gave myself two years. I retired. So, you know, I'm going to go try to run my own business. And if I don't make 50 cents in two years, then I'll go get a job. (laughs) But I was able to take that risk because I didn't have to replace as much as my income. So preparedness is, are you prepared to be able to take the risk? And, and, and if you're going to take the risk, are you prepared for failure? I am. I was. That's a, if my business failed, it's a huge public failure. It's not a private failure because my business is very public. If you saw me disappear from social media and nothing, it would be public. You're right. So that's a risk that I had to take off of a brand that I built on active duty that I don't fail, Mm -hmm. that I'm this person that you believe me to be. Now I'm going to go into the private sector and I could have took a public nosedive into the pool. 
Are you ready to take those risks? Are you prepared? And do you have the courage? So these are just, this, this is just real talk when I tell you about entrepreneurship, because you remember when I started this with, I saw my mom business fail after fail after fail after fail. And a lot of it was because of mismanagement and stuff, but she just didn't have the information. I remember my mom opened a really big beauty shop. She had like 10 people in her beauty shop. I understand it now, the business model. I didn't understand it at 14, but she had people in the beauty shop taking advantage of her. She's paying water, high rent, all of these things. People weren't paying their booth rent or she was so nice of a lady. She was letting people not pay their booth rent, pay half of their booth rent. So she couldn't make the bills after a certain amount of time because she's not making the revenue, but you got people who are making their personal revenue, right? Yeah. And she wasn't prepared for that. We almost lost everything. And 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 so for me, and, but you know what? She failed, and guess what she did? When it opened the daycare. I my mom right. was mm-hmm. running that daycare for the last 35 years. All right, man. So, and she she's going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, open the door to a daycare that kids are going to come into. She's been doing that for the last 35 years. Mm-hmm. And and what, what I'm saying is you have to be willing to fail, 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 succeed, and probably fail, and then succeed again. But, but you got to be built that. So to answer your question, I think entrepreneurship is for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you understand what entrepreneurship is. Right. And, and every day, I, I tell you, the best thing I like about entrepreneurship is back to my EPR question. I want to see if I was that good. And then I figured out really quick, this is a different type of good. Right. I can't compare those two. Being good in this life means five o'clock in the morning when my wife gets up to go to work at Walter Reed, guess where I'm at? I'm in this office right here. I'm emailing people. I'm working on content. I'm working on PowerPoint presentation. You know, like two nights a week when my wife goes to bed at 930, you know where I'm at? In this office, working on content, emailing people, you know, and at two o'clock in the morning that night, you know where I'm at? In this office, working on content because I don't have a building full of employees. I, I started this business with a laptop and an LLC. Mm-hmm. And eventually now I got three people who do other things. And then I got people who are subcontractors. So we grew from one person to 17 people. That didn't happen overnight. Right? So why do I, I'm willing to fail? I lost money the first quarter of this year. Why am I willing to fail? Because now in the last quarter, I saw myself pay nine people last month and put money into nine people's pocket who are doing work that they feel purpose and passionate about that now they have the courage to maybe take the leap. Right. Now they're prepared more. Now they want to take more risks because they have seen that, oh my goodness, I can get paid for this. Nuggets. So, you know, so it's, it's all, it's just keep coming. No, you're right. It's for all of us. You're, you're absolutely right. So, before no, we, we move on past this subject, so I mentioned something earlier to uh, Todd, where I said that uh, the information, we're in the age of information, right? Information is out there. But that's a double-edged sword because a lot of people look at entrepreneurship, they're trying to compare their day one to somebody's day 365, yeah, five, six years in the game, and you're trying more. to get there right away. More importantly, they'll they'll compare. Let it just discourage you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they'll, they'll compare the fact that you're doing something or you're good at something. So that means that they'll be good at that particular thing as well. So, yes. and that, that, that's it, it. Oh man, I'm just thinking mindsets. It, it just, everything you're saying is like resonating with several different conversations that we've been having. And, and it's, and it's crazy to think sometimes that um, we're scared to fail at something that could do us well. Whereas we're not scared to just like, as you mentioned earlier, just to blow money. You know, I'd, I'd sign my name. I I can bet that people watching or may listen to this or whatever, have a forty fifty thousand dollar car, and and mm-hmm. didn't think twice when they sign on the line, and and that car will never gain them a dollar, at all. They'll lose money. They want it has no has no potential for most people. I right. you know I you know we we can talk business and write offs and stuff later, but they uh for for the general person and and. But if, if you tell somebody like, hey, this this startup is going to cost you 10000 then it's like, ooh, ah, ooh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. But it has the potential to make things better for you, you know, your future, you know, whatever. And, and then going back to this whole this whole conversation, talking about investing and uh, why not? You know, it has the potential to do you well. You can't lose more than what you put in. Right. So, yeah. wh- so what what are you afraid of, you know? Well, it's a lot of fear, man. I mean, fear is the biggest thing that that fear is huge. I mean, fear is in present in everything that we're talking about. Right. Transitioning from the military fear. Right. That's that's what anxiety and, and all of us experience transition from the military. Taking a risk in entrepreneurship fear. Somebody come to you today and say, hey, one hundred dollars a month. You can invest in this. 250 year mutual fund that ain't a Ponzi scheme. It's look, you can tell it's, it's one of these reputable companies. I don't really got a hundred dollars right now. I mean, but but then you're gonna go get some Jordans, you know what I'm saying? But 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 we 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 fear of of fear and fear leads to so much missed opportunity, right? Well, you know, when I walked out, I walked out of Amazon a few weeks ago. I've done a lot of research on Amazon, and I'm like, this is a 1.4 trillion dollar company. Amazon hired 679,000 people in the last two years. That's more people that's in the Air Force. They hired that many people. So just think about that for a minute. Jeff Bezos, if I, I actually have a picture of Jeff Bezos that I keep of him in 1980-something, and you've seen the picture in his office, mailing, you know, getting ready to mail books out from his trunk. Yes. I mean, this is a dude who mailed books on a book subscription in 1984. That owns the largest company in the world, owns the largest company the world has ever seen. $1.4 trillion company. I don't think we can even put our head around the massive amount of, 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 of money that is just for one business. And if he would have gave he us. So so I, I tell you, I'm willing to take, I'm willing to take risks. And another thing is, that's not talking about risk of money. We got to take risks. I, I, I will, so we can move on. I got to bring this up. We'll talk about taking risks. We got to take risks on each other. Yes. Mm. Mm. Because we can get so lost in this and talking about risk of money and I need you. We got to take a basic risk on each other. And I will tell you the last two years of entrepreneurship, that's what has probably um, motivated me and disappointed me at the same time. So it has motivated me because I've taken some risks on some people. Um, and man, they are now living their dream, right? Because I took a risk and used the umbrella that I have, which is just an umbrella because an umbrella don't go a thousand feet beyond you. It only goes about a foot beyond you, but it's protection. I grew a brand 
and my brand now has an umbrella. So if I bring you under my umbrella, I can extend the protection to you. And that's the biggest motivator I've had this year is the people I've extended that umbrella to have now figured out that either this is for them or it's not for them. And if it's not for them, that's still giving some people some, some clarity under safety. But the people who wanted to go forward and saw that it was for them, they're thriving on their own. Yes. Right. And then the other part of the disappointment is when people ask you for help and you try to give them your true, honest help and they disbelieve you. They don't believe you right. because you're trying to tell them the truth. Because, and I don't discourage, I, I tell people, this is going to be hard, but let's go. I got you. Hey, this is going to be a lot of work, but let's go. I'll stay up, I'll stay up to write your proposal. I'll stay up to, to show you how to make a phone call. I'll let, I'll get on a zoom with you and listen to your presentation and let, and, and tell me if it's and let and let you know what you got to fix. Send me your PowerPoints. I'll send them to my PowerPoint guy and pay for it for you. Yes. Oh, that's real. I think anybody that's afraid to make those money moves, they need to check the rooms that they're in because all fear it really is is false evidence appearing real. So if you are afraid, then it's a why are you afraid? And so there were certain things I was afraid to do. And this pandemic has pushed me into certain rooms where I can then ask the question where things it was just, it wasn't real what I was afraid of. And if I did not change the rooms I was in, I'm like, man, I would have been afraid mm -hmm. and like, like stifled a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it, I think those, those mentors make a big difference. So chief, who are, who are your financial mentors as we talk about mentors? So I would tell you two financial, I never really had really mentors. I'll name, I'll just name a couple of quick people. My first financial mentor will probably never believe that I say he's my financial mentor, but you know, from afar, it's my brother-in-law. So my brother-in-law literally, uh, he, you know, when I was 10 years old, so I'm the youngest of four kids. When he, when I was 10, he married my sister, right? My sister's older than me, eight years old. And I watched this man graduate from high school, work at a, a gas station, then started working at a restaurant and became a restaurant manager. Uh, never went to college a day in his life or a trade school, learned how to, you know, wire stereos as a hobby, mm -hmm. you know, worked at a, a stereo company for years and the company went out of business. And, and, and he has a family, he has two kids. And he said, you know, he could have got another job. He said, he got another guy from the company. They knew all the distributors. They knew how to do the, the work. They said, let's start our own business. A guy who didn't graduate high school, worked worked his way up, started his own business, owns a multi-million dollar business. Again, hard work. Hard work. And I watched this man give my sister the life that she deserved until she passed away two and a half years ago. Every day. And I go, that's, that's just from work. That's from work. And you know what? He was prepared. He had the courage and he was willing to take the risks. And I see how generous he is with everyone around him. If you're willing to do the work, he brings my nephew in. He brings his all these other people in. If you're willing to learn, I'm going to teach you and I'm going to pay you a premium while I'm teaching you. So that was my first financial mentor, how to work, how to get 
how to get the bag, like we say, right? But <laughs> also get the bag, get the bag and share the bag with the right thing. Yes. So in the next financial mentor is the people I'm around now. I really live what I told you, Key, earlier, what I said, going to these rooms. I'm not in uniform, man. I don't have all these stripes. I can't bowl my way. Now I just, I work LinkedIn like it's like trying to find a prom date. Yes. You, you know, and then when somebody lets me in the room, I show up. Not physically, I show yeah. up in the room. So I've developed a couple of people who, who didn't know me a year ago. And these are guys who own their own company, who started where I started 20, 30 years ago. And they're multimillionaires and they're willing to share information with me. And one of them asked me a question the other day that I never thought of because I don't do, it's not a monetary thing for me, right? But he asked me a question, say, how are you, how do you, uh, he said, what's your plan to make your first million? And I, and I just threw me back. I'm, you know, I didn't make a million dollars as a chief. Believe it or not, just don't make no. me you sure? Not even Comanche? Not, no. no. no Comanche's actually make a half a million dollars a year. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to hit him up two pollers. I'm going to start that. I'm going to start that. It wasn't about the money. It was about the question of investment of mm -hmm. what you're thinking yes. is, is not where you should be at. Right. Why are you not thinking why are you not thinking? He said, because it even went past. They say, not only what are you doing to make your first million dollars, I just need you to get past that. Mm -hmm. I just, he said, I just need you to make your first million so we can get past that and you can start making your millions. Yes, your first. And if somebody, if somebody you can believe in that has done it, this is a retired major, by the way, and and mm -hmm. and, and can 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 if you look at somebody and you you see what they have done. You're like, why am I thinking about making a living instead of making millions? Yes, help me with my mind. And, yes. and, he, and, and so, so when you talk about mentors, I'm like, all you sometimes all you need is people to change your mindset. I call it a stutter step, right? You just need somebody to just while you walk in to, to give you that little stutter yes. step and get you back. You know, and and just that simple question really made me go home and like white white on right all over. I got whiteboards all behind me in my office. I mean, I started like mapping plans out, like where do I want to be in the next ninety days? Where do I and, I and I and I'm like in the next two years, I want to be here. And why? And then you start asking yourself the question, why can't I be there? Yes, right. It's the limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves, right? It's like oh yeah. Because what we want to do is we want to go, hey, if somebody want to come pay me this hundred thousand, I'm good, and I'm gonna go just ride it that's out. New, that's a new it's, way. And it's six nothing, and it's I'm nothing get out, wrong. Give me this six job. And it's right. nothing so. wrong with that because not again, back to your question. Not everybody should be out here, you know, doing this. And some days, trust me, I wake up and go, man, what are six figures at? Because man, anybody mm -hmm. got time for this, right? I mean, there's days that you and you got to get yourself back on the horse and go, you're doing this bigger, bigger than money. I do this for the way my two daughters look at me. Nice. I got a 20 and a 25-year-old daughter. And the way, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. And when my 25-year-old accountant daughter tells me she's proud of me and she's proud of what I'm doing, she's thankful that I transition and I'm living the life I want. I'm like, man, I respect. Who, who am I to quit? In the right. fields, right in the fields. Right, right, <laughs> right in the fields, right? Get you get you lump get you slumped over at the at the, at the turkey table, man. I mean, you know, like, man, what they what they what they doing over there? You know, they, they, right. they, 
you like you you try to get a little extra Tabasco in there to make it look yeah. like you know, it's, the, it's the big sauce, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> the life expectancy for retirees though is not it's low. It's like two years. Why? Why the life expectancy for retirees? They that whole what's crazy. So I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, uh, with Wounded Warrior in certain conversations, and it's a lot of what I've noticed is it seems like if this is like our only job, a lot of us come in straight out of high school, or whatever. That's the only thing that they have purpose for, and they don't plan, they don't think about life after until taps, until that last assignment. So you go with this, boom, go, 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 go. So you drastically stop. Oh no! And let me tell you. So I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Keith, for your audience that's not in the mil that's still serving active duty. And I know I see a couple of names here. I'm not going to point them out, but I know a couple of folks who retired. That, that we all went out on Germany. But I'm that is the truth that I got physically ill yep. after I retired. Wow. Like physically ill that for physically ill. You gotta you gotta understand the ops tempo that we run at, right? right. The, 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 what we are willing to compartmentalize, what we are willing to compartmentalize physically and mentally, and mentally. And I tell you, and, and it didn't help that I retired December of 19 and COVID happened 45 Damn. days after I retired. Yeah. So the whole country went into it. So I sat in the house for four months. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know what it would have been like if I wasn't in COVID, but that really elevated a lot of things for me, right? Um, it was bad. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I lost weight. I got sick. I, I mean, I just felt really ill. And, and I'm not an anomaly. I can just, there's mm -hmm. there's five or six other people I know retired after me who have faced everything from severe mental health, depression, all the way to physical illness. And yes. and, it had, and, I, and I'm not a doctor. I'm not a researcher. I'm not going to put anything on it. But it's something there, right? There's something there. And, and, and what I will tell you is you shouldn't, no one should stop dead stop like that, right? You shouldn't just go a thousand miles an hour. If you went and ran as fast as you could outside right now and force your body to dead stop, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you might, you might pull something, got a hammy or something. You're just not supposed to do that. You running a thousand miles an hour like we do in the military, burying all of these things because you got so many moving parts going on or deployment, got to come home from this, got to do this, it's EPR season. And you're constantly raising your level of stress that you are tolerating. That all just stops. There's no phone ringing. There's no emails. There's no taskers. And you just got to be aware of your own body. And you got to be aware. That's why I think self, you know, I'll talk about self-care, but it's so important. I thought I took care of myself on active duty. I really tried. But, but I went through some health issues not only after I retired, the beginning of this year, my health issues took a, a worse turn. And I found myself in the hospital. And, and, and I've never been sick a day in my life in 25 years. They talk about that heavy. Everything that you said, it's the 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 fun sure. of like, oh, you going to work? What's that? Oh, you got to wear your blues? What's that? And they had that tempo and they were like, they talk, they talked through the process of it where it was like the physical illness, that um, depression, not feeling important, the not having any purpose or not planning for life after because you felt like you just had to be you had to be with the mission and it was just it was crazy so the mindset of promoting like have an identity outside of this this uniform because you're gonna have to hang it up right. and just try something yeah. that self-care and and tapping in so i definitely like it's real it's, it's definitely real it's definitely before uh 
because I'm kind of interjecting on Black here because he's going to hit me with the, oh, I got, we got rapid fire and we got wrap up and stuff. But since I talked first before you get to say something, I have <laughs> one more for you is because uh, it, it, this kind of circles it all back around is could you give me one nugget if, if you could limit or, or give me one nugget, something you knew, you wish you knew earlier. So I know you started early and you started your journey early, yeah. but what's that one thing that you're like, hey, I wish I'd have known this earlier. Um, before before I turn it over to Black and, uh, and he hits you with some more. I, I think it's a wrap up of what I already talked about. What I would have known, if I would have wish I would have known early is that the rooms that I thought I wasn't allowed in that I would have just walked into, right? Not only that, um, and that I am worthy of everything life can bring to you, that I am actually worthy of it, that I, I'm no different because of my background that I'm worthy. That why, and it goes back to my book: is is this why not me? If I wish I would have adopted that a little bit earlier, if I wish I would have known what I know now, so many different things. And I and I don't complain about a lot. You know, I think I had a great career, great great life in the military. But what I wish that I would have, and I am worthy. I'm more. I'm more than what I tell myself every day. Because even in the great successes I had early. It was it was it was sometimes imposter syndrome. It was sometimes me being fake and faking it, faking through it. It wasn't my true self. And I wish I knew my true self and got to find out who my true self was and who and what I was willing to and, and that I'm in love with everything about my quirkiness. I'm in love with everything about my weirdness. I'm in love with everything about my thoughts. And if I would have loved that earlier, I would have loved myself earlier. That's 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 what I wish I knew earlier. His book wow, is amazing, that's... by the way. Whoever has not read it, when I read it, I said, "That's him." It's good. Go get the book. <laughs> Shameless plug. Hey, well, I, I I appreciate it, Todd. I, I appreciate you opening up. Um, man, I wish we can do this for like two and a half hours. I really do. Like, we got some questions we probably won't get to, but in, a, in an effort to preserve your time and respect your time. We're going to go ahead and, and start and go into our, our rapid fire questions or our wrap, wrap up questions. This is where I ask you uh, six questions. You just kind of kind of fire off your responses. And these are questions targeted to or, uh, for you specifically. Um, so the first one is going to be, uh, how can people reach you? So if people want to get in contact with you, how can people reach you? Well, um, a lot of ways. So you can go, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Todd Simmons, T-O-D-D Simmons. You can reach all of our social media company platforms at Courageous Leadership Alliance, IG, Twitter, LinkedIn, yes. all of them. Go like them all. Um, yes. You can, and I also have my personal LinkedIn page, um, Todd Simmons on LinkedIn. And then you can go to our company um, email info at courageouslead.com, info at courageouslead.com. You can, you can, you can do all of that stuff. So we, we're all over the place. Please go out and like our stuff, man. We put some stuff out there yes. to try to, to, try to yep. educate and, and inspire and motivate. That's all we're putting yes. it out there for. And, um, and, and and we love what we're doing because it's it's purposeful. Yes. Appreciate yes. that. So when you get a chance after this, we're done with the live. If you don't mind, you can put all that information in the uh, at the bottom of the comment section okay. so it can help people get, get to your, um, your platforms. Second, um, what's your end goal? What is your end goal? End goal, man. Two end goals. Be a man worthy of walking this earth. Be a man worthy of walking this earth. Somebody and, and to live that life of purpose and passion. 
That's it, man. I just want to get up every day and actually be able to execute what I'm very purposeful and passionate about. That's it. Awesome. All right, next question. Cash or credit? Cash, Cash. versus credit or why and why? Because I own it immediately. Facts. All right. I'm gonna go back and watch this again. I need this. Even though I'm here, I feel like I need to watch it to get more. Right. Say it again. I wasn't ready. Say it one more time. Oh, hey, cash, because I own it the minute that you get my 20s off your hand. Don't blue face. Say give me them greenbacks. All right. give us three book recommendations. So I thought if I saw this earlier, I was like, you know, so we talking. So I, I tell you, I look back on my bookshelf here and, and I looked at some early books when I was a staff tech sergeant, like literally when I was so rich dad, poor dad, I would recommend. I would recommend Susie Orman. I, my wife and I used to watch the Susie Orman show like every night. So it's a book Susie Orman called Young, Broke and Fabulous. <laughs> I would I would recommend that really easy read and talks about really fundamental financial um, kind of planning and stuff. And then I would recommend David Goggins, uh, You Can't Hurt Me. Okay. You can't hurt me. David Goggins, yep, Can't Hurt Me. And okay, you, okay. Good get book, get good the book. audio. So why I wrapped up with a non-financial book, two financial books I think that was game changers for me at 22, 23 years old, and a book that was game changers that really inspired me to really write my, well, write mine. It was David Goggins when he talks about being 300 pounds and becoming a Navy SEAL. And being a guy who came from his background and everything, and he become a Navy SEAL and, and one of the toughest men on earth. So um, those, those, those. I think stories of resilience are good to let you know that you're not alone in this world. And anything that you have that you believe is a barrier to, you know. And I, didn't, this is not a personal story today, but people don't realize I didn't read my first book till I was 20 years old. I came in the Air Force on the ASVAB way, right? I, look. I, I became your area university command chief and, and I failed the fourth grade, the ninth grade and dropped out of high school. So when we start talking about, you know, what you can overcome, sometimes you just got to be real to people and say, look, if you work, that doesn't mean that the prize is going to be on the other end. Right. But I guarantee you got a better chance of that prize being on the other end. And anything you get short of that prize is going to be better than what you got before you even considered not working. So that's the foundation of who I am. Just think about that. I didn't even read when I came in the Air Force on like a 10th grade level. And somebody let me be in charge of the whole education system. <laughs> Ooh, who did that? <laughs> that goes back to those three things you mentioned earlier, huh? Yeah, right. Entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. tying all that up. All right, so give us your best advice. If you had 30 seconds to give you the best advice, what would you give? Never take no for an answer. Never regret a decision you make as long as the decision was to make your life better. Never go backwards because there ain't nothing behind you. And always, and always know that whatever your worst, worst, worst impression of yourself, somebody out there loves you more than that. Mm. Deep. All right. The last, the last question for you. Um, they say the second half of a man's life is made up from the decisions he made in the first half. So I want you to be specific in this question. What is that one thing that you did during your first half, right? That's setting you up for a better second half or a better now. Discovered who Todd Simmons is. Which was a journey. Not a kid. No, you know, I'm not a dumb kid from South Carolina who couldn't read. I'm a kid who didn't have opportunities, who took advantage of opportunities 
And that's that set me up for a second half of my life is that no matter where you came from, no matter what you didn't do, no matter what who didn't who didn't support you, no matter who said what they said, if you do it right in your first half, you can be the person in your second half that said, I said what I said. That's it. Man, hey, I, man, <laughs> I need to, I I to get some audio. I'm going to drive and listen to this I on my driving to work tomorrow. Yeah, I don't even you know. I forgot that. my video was on. I just, <laughs> I just All right, so with that, everybody. Chief, or Todd, um, I appreciate your time. So I'm going to turn it over to you to give your final thoughts before we close this live. Hey, you know, I tell you, I love this platform. This is an example of everything we're talking about. If you don't see this as entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is not always revenue-based right? Entrepreneurship is those three things I said. Taking that, I'm sure three years ago when y'all started this, y'all were like, nobody, you know, nobody, uh, who, who, what, what if nobody comes? What if what if all these people we actually guess? So what I will tell you is no matter what you want to do in life, go pursue it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be something that makes you a million dollars. If you are going to be happy and live with purpose and passion by retiring from the military and going on the streets, to really help homeless people and they're only going to pay you $45,000 and you're going to get up every morning and you're going to feel like you just jumped into the ring and, and, and beat Mike Tyson down, then that's what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing now is a lot. And the sacrifice that you are making and the sacrifice that you are unknowingly and knowingly making, you deserve happiness in your second chapter. If that second chapter comes at four years because that's what you did at six years or 10 years or 15 or 20 or 30, it doesn't matter what point it comes at. You deserve. So when that crack comes in the door, I don't want you to go gently open it. I want you to go drop kick Bruce Lee, drop kick that door open because they already said come in. It's all about you, what you're going to do when you get to the other side. So I will tell you, kick it open because opportunities are there. And, 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 and everyone in life has challenges. And that's just what life is about. Nobody's went through life without challenges. It's how you recover. It's how you get your tribe to, to help you up when, you, when you're down. It's all about that. So don't, don't be afraid of falling. Don't be afraid of falling. Get excited about getting back up. Because expect to fall. I want you to get excited about getting back up. Because once you get back up, so when you get back up, man, it's another. Hey, look, don't I always tell people, don't let me get back up. <laughs> he said, expect to fall. <laughs> yeah, don't let me get back up because once I get back up, it's another. It's another dimension. Yeah, because I already know what failure now. I already know what it feels like to get punched yeah. in the face. So I'm good. That's that. Uh, <laughs> let me not. Let me not, because it's not an analogy when I speak on it. <laughs> Black already know it's not. It's not I, I really appreciate that. Know. Hey, don't let me get back up. You better go ahead. Because <laughs> I know what it feels no, like. No, I'm trying to hold it. Like yeah, so that's what I tell people. That's, that's my closing yeah. comments, man. Don't be afraid of getting punched in the face. Long as you ain't knocked out, you get back up. Hell yeah. All right, admin, I'm going to turn it over to Key. What you got, Key, for your wrap up? <laughs> No, oh man, listen, Mr. Ty always chief. Thank you so much. Listen, I, I'm trying to see when we're gonna have him back. I <laughs> you have been a blessing to be a blessing. I just thank you so much for taking time to pour into us. And um I just I'm a little fool right now. I can't even talk. I don't know why he so went straight cute. to me. I, I think we could do something. 
I think we could do something like we did with the fellows and, and do something condensed and a little more deliberate. Okay. So, cause I, yeah. I think we may have missed, uh, to tie some, some of the more intentional investment questions that <laughs> I've seen and posted on the page, just because you was just dropping so many nuggets, but <laughs> we, ha we have an idea. We'll talk to you offline about, and, uh, and it'll be a little more condensed and then we can get, we can answer some questions as well, uh, especially the ones from the page. So awesome. My bad. What you guys, oh, what you guys, they will. Yeah. I, I know for me, I know for me, so it's always humbled and appreciative of your time. Uh, it, we truly do do this for, for you all, UMU. Um, and I do want to take a shout out uh, real quick on my final thoughts for uh, Chief Pollard. If y'all didn't notice her note-taking abilities, she was going through this. She wrote the books down and everything. She real quick with everything down for y'all. So I want to give a shout out to her and 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 putting that out there. But seriously, man, we we do this for y'all. We we don't think this is entrepreneurship. We we genuinely love doing this, and we do this for y'all. Um, and y'all ask for it, we deliver. So if there's ever anything that you all want to see or want us to do, just always hit any of the admin on the inbox. With that, Black, turn it over to you. All right. So again, uh, Chief, I'm going to call you Chief one last time. I, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to come out there and be part of this uh, organization. Um, I've been a fan of yours since the first time I heard you speak at the 2018 AFSA PAC. Um, I think you referred to yourself as like uh, the uh, uh, Chief Wright's twin because you guys do kind of have that same presence. <laughs> um, so I've always been a fan. Coming from the PME world, I appreciate what you did. Um, I'm sure there's been a lot of nuggets that you dropped on. A lot of folks probably won't even realize until they watch it the second or third time. I'm going to listen to this on Spotify tomorrow just to catch some more nuggets. So thank you for that. Um, again, to the UMU folks that tuned in, thank you for your questions. Sorry we weren't able to get to all of them, but I'm sure Chief is going to have some, or Todd is going to have some time to get in the comments and kind of uh, answer some of those questions for you. And again, if there's something that you would like to see us do a little better, if there's a guest that you would like to see us specifically bring on to the Savvy Investor Series, please let us know. Help us coordinate that. Again, we just do this all for you. And with that, it's been a pleasure. Until the next time.